0: This is Joseph Barone of A Fool for Learning, and our Foolish Thought for today is Doing Business with the U.S. Federal Government, Step 2, SAM. Greetings and welcome to my podcast. In the second of four episodes on tackling some of the basics in relation to doing business with the U.S. Federal Government, I have with me Tom Stallone of Tapset Consulting. and You heard him already in the first episode talk about DUNS and the Unique Identifier, and of course we're going to talk about SAMS today. let me just tell you a little bit about Tom. Tom has been the managing partner of TAPSEC Consulting since 2002. TAPSEC facilitates the delivery of products and services for multiple technologies such as land mobility radio, security, telephony, network management, and audiovisual to both government and commercial clients. He has delivered more than 4.5 billion that that's correct you've heard me correct 4.5 billion with a b in sales and over 416 million in revenue to multiple clients so tom welcome to our foolish thoughts thoughts podcast
1: thank you joe i appreciate the opportunity to talk about how to do business with the federal government and specifically today to talk a little about the system for award management okay. sam So
0: you've already mentioned what the acronym means. It's not some guy sitting in a cubicle somewhere processing papers. Tell us a little bit more about the system for award management or SAM. What is it? What's the purpose of it? Why do you have to do it other than the federal government says you got to do it?
1: Well, it is the key to the award of any contract or even grants from the federal government. And it's a government-wide portal consolidating all the information on your company where someone in the federal agency or state and local agencies for that matter can go in and look up information on your company it's how you'll get paid it's how they'll send you opportunities and it's how the federal government or state lo- local government looks at your company all the data to do business with you including your who what when and where and your capabilities are located in the SAM database and it's not just for contracts it's also for grants and that's an important thing to remember
0: so nonprofits were looking for hundred
1: thousand dollar
0: grant to do a study on something or to help with this need to also put their put their information in through here
1: yes sir exactly
0: before one even gets to this point before one uh, an organization or an individual like myself before we even get to put uh, to even log on to the website what
1: are some of the key things that i need to have in place already set up So you need to have a DUNS number, which we covered in our last episode. You need to have your tax ID number. You need to have the information and location of where your business is going to be located, or if you're going to be producing a product, the location it's going to be produced in, as well as figure out in advance the government has... Basically, a listing of numbers and codes for different types of work. I'm a baker. I'm a butcher. I'm a candlestick maker. You need to know which codes are appropriate for the type of business you're trying to do.
0: These codes that you just mentioned, are there like thousands of them? Or are they just kind of grouped into some like general type things? Okay, this is audiovisual equipment. And we've got one, let's say, for projectors. And we've got one for microphones or do they really go into really, really minutiae? Do I really need to spend some real time really investigating these codes to make sure I get the right ones?
1: The National Industry Standard Codes, or what used to be called the Standard Industry Codes, are on the DLA uh, website, and you really need to take the time to look at, for instance, AV. There's multiple, multiple NAICS and SIC codes for types of AV equipment, types of AV services, types of AV maintenance, and it's important to know because on your registration, you're only going to be able to list 10 of these codes. So you need to find the ones that are most appropriate for your business because if there's a contracting officer sitting in Topeka, Kansas, and they're trying to find somebody to perform audio-visual maintenance, you want to make sure you have a NAICS or SIC code listed for audiovisual maintenance, two reasons. One is they may use it as a way to find you. And second reason, if you're trying to look for new business, you can do a reverse lookup on those codes to try and find business in your area.
0: You said the maximum is 10 codes?
1: So you're allowed 10 NAICS codes, 10 SIC codes, and 10 product service codes when you do your registration, when you do your DUNS registration.
0: What is a NICS code, and what is a six code? Can you explain NICS okay.
1: and then six? National Industry Standard Code okay. or Standard Industry Code are a commercial business number okay. that identifies specific types of work. Okay. They used to be all SIC codes. Now they're NICS codes. And it's put out, I think, by the Department of Labor, if I'm not mistaken. But it it defines down to a very granular level different types of business, whether it's a product, whether it's a service. And those codes, and you're only allowed 10 of each of those codes, so a total of 30 based on NAICS, SIC, and product service codes. When the government goes to look for you or they assign an RFP, Request for Procurement, the request for information you'll have to have those codes identified on your company in order to do the type of work that they're looking for
0: where are some some things that companies go wrong on where are some things that they have issues on where are some problems so so what are some things that a company should really we didn't get tripped on in a
1: sense Well, first of all, we were talking about DUNS number in our previous edition. Your DUNS number information has to be up to date in order for the government to do business with you. So every year you're required to go in there and update your information and it's considerable. It's 50 or 60 questions on your company who the points of contact are, how they reach you, who's your alternative point of contact. Do you take government credit cards? Because that's a big deal these days to do very quick procurements up to $15,000 or $25,000 depending on the contracting officer's warrant. They can do business with you overnight if you have quick, appropriately had this information identified and it's there. And if you don't do it, actually, you get a heck of a lot of reminders from the government. So, if an agency that's behind and they're doing their DUNS number and doesn't have the NAICS and SIC codes updated, believe me, you'll get, uh, you'll get phone calls from companies trying to update it for you or from the government on a daily basis.
0: So, let's say I come in, I've got all the information that I need, everything is all updated my phone numbers, who is the, the company CEO, the address um i've got the nics the six i've got all of them identified i go in and i start the process of putting everything into sam
1: how long does that take if you have all the information you need in advance including your tax id number all your addresses all your phone numbers your fax numbers your point of contact it's something that can relatively a sam update could be done in 30 to 40 minutes oh, okay. but you have to have all the background material at, at hand or be able to look it up including not only yourself but say you have alternative points of contacts or you have a point of contact just for web-based or you have a point of contact for uh, emergency backup services alternate points of contact so you need not only the company information your information but the alternative contact information that's all all gets thrown into the big bag of tricks
0: And as I'm doing this process, again, I've never done this before. So as I'm going through the process, do I have the ability to kind of save the work I'm doing, kind of put it on hold as a draft and continue on, or do I really need to have everything together?
1: Well, there are some key fields that will not allow you to submit until you've completed them, which means you've got to have at least one point of contact in every area. You have to have, as I mentioned, your DUNS number, your tax ID number, that information is required. To go back and pick which NAICS code and SIC codes or National Industry Strander codes you're gonna do, you can go back and do those later. But uh, my best uh, best advice to anyone is be prepared, get this done, set aside two hours and do it right the first time. Okay.
0: So really have all your, as they say, ducks in a row first, all the information and possibly more than you think you need. So, so once I go in, I enter everything and I do and I click submit, is it all done or is there some further time lapse and stuff is done behind the scenes? What, what what goes on at that point?
1: Basically, it's all done. But you've got to remember the importance of what you're doing. You're not just sending your information out to the federal government. You're making it easy for them to go search on their own. So they say you want to buy a widget. The f- contracting officers can go search on widgets and find out information information about you and your company to contract with you that you don't know so you won't even know what you're missing if you don't have this accurate
0: any other advice that you can give to anyone who is interested in in going this route any other words of wisdom any other thoughts
1: only I repeat something I said earlier the contracting officers and contracting assistants are going to go out there on their own and do some research and so the more information you put in here and the better your descriptions are and the more accurate you are about, say, the lines of equipment or types of equipment you have, the easier it is for the government to find you and reach out to you about a potential procurement.
0: Well, Tom, I want to thank you for sharing your knowledge about SAM, the System Award for Management, in our second episode with, with not only me, but of course with everyone sharing your knowledge. and. If someone wants to get a hold of you and maybe you can help them facilitate this entire process, because I'm assuming you, you do this with companies, you help facilitate the entire process with them. How do they go about contacting you? What are the best ways?
1: Two best ways absolutely are my cell phone, which is 703-898-2133. Or you can find me all over the web, Tom Stallone at TAPSEC, tapsec consultingcom
0: Great. Fantastic. Tom, once again, thank you very much for, for meeting with me today and discussing the second step of a four-step process. And And if you, if you, the listeners are out there, if you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to like or comment on whatever platform you may be listening to. And if you, you want to learn more about me, Joseph Barone with A Fool for Learning and how I can assist you and your organization with an appropriate learning solution to meet your business needs, please visit my website at foolforlearning.com. This is Joseph Barone, the CEO of Fool for Learning, signing out. Remember, learn, perform, succeed.